rolling through on the screen. Uh, they'll be rolling through on the screen again at the end of the service, so if you've missed them in this opening few minutes, don't worry. You'll have a chance to see them again at the end. Uh, let's hear from God's word. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. We stand and sing together, what a friend we have in Jesus. a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what's a privilege to carry, everything to God in prayer, everything we often forfeit, oh what needless pain we bear, oh because we do not carry. Everything to God in prayer. What's a friend we have in Jesus? What's a friend we have in Him? For He knows us and He holds us in His hands. And His grace is never failing, and His love without an end. What's a friend? trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share Jesus knows our every
do sit down. Let us pray. Father God, we come to offer you our praise and worship because, quite simply, you are worthy of all that we are and all that we have. There's no one like you anywhere. You're the only one that is worthy of our praise and adoration. You are mighty. You are beautiful in your holiness and we delight in coming to be with you. We know, Lord, when we're in your presence, we we just become very aware that we're not all that we should be and we're sorry about that. So we pray, Father God, uh, that as we come confessing our sin, our shortcomings, all the things we've said and thought and done that have been wrong in these past few days, we pray that you will receive us just as we are, that you will take the burden from our shoulder, that you will release us, that you will renew us and refresh us, that you will pick us up and dust us off and set us on our way again with you. With your help, Lord, we'll be better this week. Draw near and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, It has become a custom in this church that when it's somebody's birthday, if we're aware of it, uh, we will sing happy birthday to them. Uh, Steph, I understand it is your birthday today. Hooray! Hello. And Christine as well. Both a similar age. (laughs) Old enough to know better is what I meant by that. So so we'll sing happy birthday. Uh, Now then, which way around to Stephanie and Christine? We'll do it that way around, all right? Okay, let's go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Stephanie and Christine. Happy birthday to you. Excellent. Robert. I was enjoying singing happy birthday. Was it far too much? Morning. Um, I'm going to start perhaps rather controversially this morning by asking you if you remember an old advert. An advert for tunes, you know, those square sparkly things that make you breathe more easily. Um, Some years ago there was an animated uh, advert for these and the tune packages were characters or or people. And there was a group of them, there was another one behaving a bit oddly, uh, a bit erratic. And the others turned to it and said, well, watch out for him, he's mental. Oh. Now, I noticed some of you laugh at that. Um, I, I thought it was always a rather clever play on words, the menthol for mental. I doubt that advert would be shown today. I think it would be considered inappropriate and probably insensitive to those that suffer with mental health issues. And... Uh, I don't know if you recall, last Sunday, Douglas mentioned that last Sunday was actually World Mental Health Day. 
Now, I discovered that long after I chose it as the subject for this morning. But uh, uh, the theme for today is solitude. And I guess after the last 18 months, the last thing most people want to do is to be alone. But normally, most of us at some point like to be alone, to just chill or to have time to reflect on our own or just to pray. For others, the prospect of being alone is a frightening one. Some land up being alone by circumstance. And then we all found ourselves having to deal with isolation during the pandemic. We're all different. But whatever our personal preferences with regard to spending time alone, what is clear is that human beings do need social interaction. And denying that has a detrimental effect. If you've ever watched 999 Watch Your Emergency or Ambulance or something similar, you'll have seen that the police and ambulance services are increasingly involved and spend a really disproportionate amount of their time dealing with mental health issues. Mental health issues are an increasing problem. It almost seems as if there is a need for a fourth emergency service, you know, fire, ambulance, police or mental health. Well, there's an idea. Let's start a campaign, shall we? <laughs> mental health issues were on the rise before the pandemic, but the enforced isolation during the pandemic has only made things worse. Anxiety and depression are the most common forms of mental health, and the statistics are quite staggering. I won't bore you with loads of them, but just to say in the first quarter of this year, 21% of adults aged over 16 experience some form of depression. And that's depression alone. That's only one form of mental health issue. That's more than double the pre-pandemic of 10%. Children seem to have coped a bit better with 10% of those aged between 5 and 16 suffering from some form of mental health. That's all issues, not just depression. But that increased during the pandemic by 6%. The Health Foundation reported in May this year forewarning of a growing mental health crisis in the UK. Particularly concerning uh, is that that those in more precarious economic positions or burdened by existing inequalities, and they listed young people, women, clinically vulnerable adults, disabled people, and those living in the most deprived areas of England as being disproportionately affected. This suggests that inequalities in our society have worsened as a result of the pandemic. Despite increasing rates of mental health, mental health care is in decline. There's simply not enough people to deal with it, highlighting the pressure on the NHS and leaving, as I said earlier, the police and the ambulance services to pick up the pieces. So what can we do? Well, I think we have a message of hope. I want to play you an extract from a song now, the words to which I think are quite, are quite powerful. Have a listen to this. I See You by Idina Menzel. Uh, the voice, by the way, of Elsa from the Frozen films. And she sings, Here's to the lonely, to the broken-hearted. I want you to know I feel your pain. Here's to the hopeless, the almost forgotten, to those who get lost along the way. I see you. I see you. To me, it echoes the Psalms. It reminds me of the Psalms, that crying out, reminding us and reaffirming that there is a God who cares. Indeed, Psalm 10 and verse 14 says this. 
But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. That's our hope. Those of us that have a Christian faith, that we have a God who sees the lonely. He sees the brokenhearted. He sees those who feel hopeless. He sees those who feel forgotten and have lost their way. He sees you and he shares your pain. And we have that promise from Jesus that he will never leave us or forsake us. What a magnificent promise that is. Yet it's all too easy to forget God's promises when we're struggling and feel he's ignoring us. I'm reminded of that old saying that when you're up to your neck in mud and surrounded by alligators, it's difficult to remember that the objective was to clear the swamp. But I can look back at my own life and remember things were tough. And I can see now that God was there. He was there. And he still is. He is with us. You may feel the promises that Jesus offers gives you comfort and reassurance. But you may also feel, but what can I do for others? Well, it's not for all of us to undergo the type of training we heard about a couple of weeks ago when Nudrat, via the Rock Mentoring Scheme, uh, had those in, in front here talking about that work and the kind of things that she's achieving through that. I think it's amazing. But it isn't for everyone. So what can we do? Well, we can simply listen. Or just say hello. Sometimes it really is a case of less being more. Never underestimate the power God has to use very little to great effect. Remember the mustard seed. Being aware and just being there will often be enough. But it's not just about the here and now. It's also about another promise of what is to come that brings a hope for our future. And with that in mind, I want to finish by showing you a short video designed to be used by churches to highlight the issues raised by mental health. Thank you. I thought I could do it. I thought I could finally persuade myself to get out of bed, eat some food, and make progress with my day. But I'm crippled by fear and stranded by a force I can't explain. It's not that I don't want to try, but every time I try, I fail, and I'm left asking why. I'm left with guilt and shame, self-hate and more pain. This mental health struggle is not shown on the faces of friends when we meet in public places. It's a war fought behind closed doors and in private spaces. It makes me feel alone on my own, but to most people my struggles are unknown. With the right smile, the well-timed laugh and the chatty persona, nobody asks if you're okay. Every day I face this fight. Every day it feels like the might of the world wants to crush me. Every day I wonder if I will ever truly be free. COVID-19 caused my struggles to double, but at least it showed the world that this trouble I face is not unique, but more common than ever predicted. 
Have you noticed? People who were seen by friends as okay were found to struggle. Those who seemed hopeful became hopeless when the world shut down. Hearts shut down. People shut each other out. Isolation shut hope away. Pulled the curtains across the silver lining. See, the truth is, we like to hide away. Put on the Snapchat filter. We like to pretend as if everything is polished and perfect. On the Zoom call, we appear three foot taller. Remove the double chin and smile as if it's your wedding day. But that's not realistic. In fact, that's just not real. That's just how we want to feel. Truth is, as humans, we're broken. And looking at the rate of mental health just wakes us up to the reality that inside there's something missing. There's a deeper issue. There's no hope. Suddenly the world's light doesn't seem so bright. The energy to go to work just seems to go. Dragging myself out of bed feels impossible. Where's the hope? What's the point? But into the darkness comes a light. Into the hopeless comes the hopeful. Into the pain comes a rescue. A hand that grabs you as you fall. One that doesn't let go. A light that still shines when all others go out. A person that loves you, even with the double chin and tears on your cheeks. That's the kind of hope I need. But see, this hope isn't just a myth. It's a reality. There is a God who loves us, he wants us, and he doesn't leave us hopeless. He gives us a rescue. He makes the biggest sacrifice, sending the thing that is most precious to him, sending his son, to take the pain away one day, to steal the torment and wipe the tears, to give us an anchor and a hope. So in the days when we can't stand, when the darkness won't lift, when the pain feels too deep, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. A promise as we struggle of an eternity with no crying, no pain and no mental health challenges. Let's hear from God's word. Simon and Nikki, I'd like to thank you particularly this morning. Uh, Simon, of course, for playing. It's always lovely to have a live musician, but for providing this beautiful large print Bible, which I now found I need sometimes, as, as the mum whose baby is now 30, I, I need the large print Bible. So we're, we're going to read verses from Mark entitled Jesus Praise in a Solitary Place. And I just want to welcome Zoomers um, please don't feel solitary. It's absolutely wonderful to have you with us on Zoom. 
um, and we hope that you're able to enjoy the service. We'll be sharing communion later. Uh, so if you want to have your bread and your, your juice available to share with us, that would also be great. But it's good to have you here. So we're reading from Mark chapter 1 and starting at verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there. That is why I've come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Amen. Uh, we'll sing together once again, You Are My Anchor, and at the end of this song, I will receive the offering. again we come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are 
and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're involved with Junior Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. So let us pray together. Once again, Father God, we thank you for the great privilege and responsibility of intercessory prayer. There's much that is going on in the world uh, that causes us to question. And as we've been hearing, there's much that sometimes causes us to wonder, what can we do? How might we make a difference Is there anything that we can do? As Christian people, Father God, we know that we can pray. We can pray for others in their need. We can pray for ourselves. Uh, We can come to you, uh, a God whom we know through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can find solace and help and hope in the midst of what seem to be very difficult circumstances indeed. We continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan. Uh, There is no peace in that place yet. Uh, And indeed, it has been hundreds of years that there has been no peace in that place. Many have tried uh, and many have failed. You, Prince of Peace, are the only hope for the world, we believe. And so we lift up all the folk that live in that country. We pray for them. We pray for the various uh, individuals that seek to lead in different parts of the country. It's hard to know how to pray sometimes, Lord. But we pray for a sense of service. We pray for a desire on the part of those who hold power, to, not, to, to see that power not just as a way of enriching themselves, but as a way of releasing uh, all that is necessary in that country for health and healing and well-being, for peace. give you thanks, Lord, for the Royal British Legion who celebrate 100 years of service this year. And next month, uh, in November, uh, we will focus uh, more readily and uh, more willingly upon all that the RBL have done down through the years. 
But we just want to mention them before your throne and give you thanks for the work that they do with our veteran community. Pray that you will strengthen and encourage them. Thank you for all those uh, that find themselves leading at this time. Thank you for all the work that they have done over this past 100 years. It would be nice to think that that work will soon come to an end. But we know because you have told us that there will always be wars and rumours of wars. We pray, Father God, for all those that are caught up in conflict and warfare today. We pray for those soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines who have been sent uh, to go and either bring peace or keep peace. We pray for those veterans who carry the burden of their service, either in broken bodies or broken minds. We pray that they might find solace and help. We were shocked and surprised, Lord, to hear of the death of Sir David Amos, MP for an Essex constituency who was stabbed to death as he held a a local constituency clinic in the Methodist Church in Leon C. We pray for Sir David's family. We thank you for his faith. He was a very uh, active and committed Roman Catholic Christian. We thank you for that community that will be rallying round his family and friends, seeking to support. We pray for the people of Leon C who are understandably shocked and surprised at what has happened in their quiet part of the world. We thank you, Father, that the man who committed the crime has been apprehended. We pray for the safety of all those folk that live in that area. We ask that you might help them to remember and to understand that this is a very unusual thing that has happened. We pray for all of our members of parliament Uh, And for all of our local councillors, all those that seek to represent us uh, in seats of power, both nationally and locally, we thank you for their willingness to allow their names to go forward. Uh, We thank you for their willingness to serve. We pray that they would be more determined than ever to follow through and represent the people, us, in seats of power. We pray that we will always have a voice through people such as these. Help us to be more appreciative, Lord, of those that serve in this way. We thank you for our friends, for the many that we know uh, who belong to this place. We want to pray for them. 
We could have a long, long list of names, Lord, but we don't need to do that because you know who all of these people are. What we will do, Lord, is we will just picture in our mind's eye those whom we want to know will receive a special touch from you today. Some will be celebrating, like Steph, birthdays and other happy and joyous occasions. Others will be ill and will need the touch of your healing hand. Others will be grieving because a loved one has been taken in death. Whatever their situation, Lord, as we picture them in our mind's eye, we pray that you will come and that you will be all that they need right now. gather up all of our prayers together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We'll stand and sing together once again, All My Days.
So solitude. Um, interestingly, uh, solitude is massively min- misunderstood. Uh, there's a very big difference between solitude and loneliness. Uh, and I think you know, what we were thinking about earlier in the service was really around loneliness. Loneliness is an empty thing. Solitude, on the other hand, is very full. Solitude is full of the presence of God. Uh, it is an inner attitude of the heart where we cultivate an attentiveness to God's voice. Uh, and we need to be uh, away from noise to do that. Uh, Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, is uh, really my guide through this series. And it's well worth reading. I think it's still in print at the moment. Um, it came out in the 1980s, early 1980s. Uh, and it is, uh, it is an interesting read. He says a couple of things about solitude. He says, we must seek out the recreating stillness of solitude if we want to be with others meaningfully. And he also says, we must seek the fellowship and accountability of others if we want to be alone safely. So we need one another to make sure that this works properly. But we also need to be able to withdraw from one another from time to time. Uh, in order to be very aware of God and of what God is saying to us. We must cultivate both if we want to live in obedience. Solitude needs silence. Silence is really difficult in our culture. Uh, There is just so much noise everywhere. Uh, And you you can lock yourself away in noise if you want to. Uh, It... It was something that became a thing in the 1980s, really, with the Sony Walkman. Anybody remember those? Yeah? Well, I had one of those. Uh, You know, a little cassette recorder, little box with headphones that you could put on. Uh, And, of course, you could play your music as loud as you liked and nobody else could hear it, except that they could. (laughs) Because they could hear that... And of course, if you were like me and you like to sing a bit, you might sing along. And that sounded really silly if you were watching what was going on. Oh boy. But you can shut yourself away in in noise if you want to. Uh, Being still, being silent, is quite difficult for us. Uh, Silence is not just the absence of noise, not just the absence of speech. But it's also this active, attentive listening for God. Surprisingly, silence can be very frightening for people. I used to do something with uh, uh, groups of people in Blanford Garrison because the, uh, the MOD discerned that soldiers, sailors, airmen and marines were in need of mental health support Um, Mental health has become a big thing, actually, in the armed forces. Resilience is the word they use. How can we we develop resilience in our armed forces? Uh, And one of the things they came up with was this notion of mindfulness, which is practiced uh, all over the place. Uh, I went to a conference with a colleague, a friend and colleague, 
where we were going to be exposed to this practice of mindfulness. Uh, and I sat and listened to everything that the instructor was saying. Uh, and we went through a couple of practical exercises. Uh, it was a great day. Loved the day. Very helpful. And as we were traveling back in the car together, I said to my Anglican friend, when we were doing those exercises together, what, do you, what, what did you think? And he said to me, I thought we were praying. And I said, yeah, that's what I thought we were doing too. Bring body and mind into stillness. And then go to your happy place. I mean, it's such a bizarre thing to say, isn't it? Uh, but for Christians, particularly if you've been exposed to the contemplative school of Christian spirituality, what we did really was bring body and mind into stillness uh, and engage in centering prayer. So being ready then to move on to the next thing, which for Christians is to focus on a piece of the Word of God or to focus on something in the created order, uh, to be aware of the presence of God. And that really is what we were doing on that course. But without God, because you can't do God. I went back to uh, my commanding officer at Blanford Garrison Support Unit and said, Colonel, um, just been on this course. Uh, if you would like, uh, I can run some sessions. And he said, OK, Padre, we'll see if there's any call for it. Uh, and of course there wasn't, because why would you want to do stuff like that? Until one day the, uh, uh, the garrison admin officers said to me, Padre, that thing you were talking about, can we do it with the admin staff? All right then. Uh, and we, we just committed to a six-week block of time to do this. Every week, uh, 20 minutes to be quiet and to be still together. Uh, and to just help them focus, I use the opening of uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. So I got them nice and still and quiet, and I would read those few words, and I would say to them, just for the next ten minutes, picture yourself in that green pasture. It's lush. It's beautiful, it's soft, and you're laying there. The sun is warm, the breeze is light. Picture yourself by the still water. It's cold and clear. Dip your fingers in it. Beautiful. Beautiful. And that's what happened. It went very quiet, we went very still, and then at the end of the time, I just repeated the words. And it was like watching people wake up. <gasps> Stretch. Lovely. Was that all right? Yeah. So we did that for six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, that's it, finished, we don't need to do it anymore. And the garrison admin officer said to me, Padre, can you come back next week and do it again? We did it for about 18 months. <clears throat> Not because I pressed it, but because they wanted it. We so need solitude 
in order for our mental health and well-being. We so need to learn the art of being still and silent, both separately and together. Uh, Silence is transformative. It absolutely is. Because it is in the silence, those of us that are Christian believers, when we're quiet, when we're silent, you discover the presence of God with you, within you. Emmanuel is not just a name anymore. It becomes the lived experience of the believer. But silence can be very scary. Um, Again, you know, when I was in Blanford, I I did this with individuals as well as with groups. And I did it with one particular guy. And I said, look, all we're going to do is just be still and quiet. And it'll be three minutes, no more than that. And I just kept my eyes open and watched him through that three minutes. And he was extremely uncomfortable. He could not be still and quiet. Because there was too much inside of him that troubled him. And that led to interesting conversations. Silence actually reveals things to us and helps us come to terms with things if we approach it in the right way. So the purpose of silence and solitude really is to be able to see and to hear more of God. Learning to be still, learning to be silent. It's worth making the effort. Um, The disciplines, the spiritual disciplines are aptly named. You need to practice So what about the practicalities of this? Where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Um, Well, where? The interesting thing about this is you can be silent anywhere, can't you? You don't have to be in church to do it. You could be somewhere at home, maybe, if you could find a space in your home. But given what we said earlier about noise everywhere, that would rather depend on whether you are able to find a space in your own home, wouldn't it, for that? So you might be able to do it at home. Outside is good, very often. Uh, If you like to go for walks, maybe you can find a place to go for a walk where you're surrounded by nature. Uh, That won't be silent. Nature's noisy, isn't it? Birds, animals, wind in the trees. But if you focus on those things as a way of engaging with the Creator God... Uh, that could well be a gateway for you into God's presence. When are you going to do this? Well, when would be best for you? Interestingly, you know, when I first arrived and I was visiting all of you and we were talking about prayer, weren't we, and Bible, and uh, how did you get on with that? And some of you were really interested to find that you could do this anytime, anywhere. And the fact that you, some of you found it difficult wasn't a problem for me. <laughs> and I encourage some of you just to find space and time once a week. And very often the response was, is that enough? Well, of course that's enough. I think it's better to start and to achieve uh, and I always think something is better than nothing, don't you? 
You should never set yourself up to fail. Always set yourself up to succeed. So I would suggest you maybe find time once a week to be quiet. To step away from other people, to step away from responsibilities, and just to be quiet. Maybe for five minutes, once in the week. See what happens. What tends to happen with these things is we discover God at the heart of it. And when we start to discover God at the heart of it, that brings joy. uh, And it brings life and light. And so the five minutes once a week will become ten minutes. And the once a week might become twice a week. Or even more. Uh, And what we'll find as we engage with this discipline of solitude and silence, is that life becomes reorientated. In the passage that we read, uh, Jesus gets up very early in the morning while it's still dark, goes off, leaves the house, finds a solitary place, and he prays. The disciples find him and say, everyone's looking for you. Jesus is the centre of attention. He is the big thing that's going on in the locality. He is speaking and preaching and teaching. He's healing. There are miraculous signs of the inbreaking of the kingdom. Everybody wants him. And what does he say? Let's go somewhere else. What? Let's go somewhere else. But everybody's looking for you here. This is, this is where it's all happening, because you're here now. Jesus is not in the least bit bothered about being the centre of attention. He knows he's come to be everywhere, to walk around and be everywhere. So it's not just for here. Let's go to the next place. So your whole life will be reorientated around the centre of God you will be able to discern more readily what God wants of you and how he wants you to be uh, around others. You will experience a reintegration of your inner and outer life. There will be a wholeness about you. What the Bible refers to as shalom, which we often translate as peace, But it it has a connotation of wholeness, integration. You'll have an increased sensitivity towards and compassion for others around you. You'll have a new freedom to be with people, a new attentiveness to their needs, if you manage to engage with this discipline. I'll finish with a quotation from Thomas Merton. He's an American monk. Uh, He was an interesting character. If you ever get the chance to read his life story, I commend it to you. But he says this about solitude. It is in deep solitude that I find the gentleness with which I can truly love my brothers. The more solitary I am, the more affection I have for them. It is pure affection and filled with reverence for the solitude of others. Solitude and silence... Teach me to love my brothers for what they are, not for what they say. 
Interesting thing for a preacher to reflect on. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, help us to learn. Help us to learn to be quiet, to be still. Help us to learn the value of withdrawing like you did, just for a time, and then to come back re-energised and ready to engage with others. Help us to learn about solitude. Help us to practice. Transform us. Renew us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll stand and sing together once again when I look into your holiness.
be seated, friends. If you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbours and are resolved to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking henceforth in his holy ways, then draw near with faith and take this sacrament to your comfort and growth in grace. Come to this sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs from under your table. But it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. We read that Jesus gave thanks for bread and for wine, and we shall do the same. Let us pray. Father God, we give you thanks for this practical remembrance of you. We thank you that there is something physical for us to see, to touch, to taste. And in your hands, these ordinary things, bread and wine, become extraordinary, symbolic of your broken body and your poured out blood. We thank you, Father, that you would not stint even to give your Son for us. We thank you that our sin is forgiven. We thank you that the way is opened up for us 
to enter into relationship with you because of all that you have done. We receive this gift from you and indeed we receive these elements with thankful hearts. Amen. After he had given thanks, the Lord took the bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Whenever you eat this, remember me. We will eat the bread as we receive it. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink this, remember me. We retain the cup and drink together.
It is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. We sing our closing song together at the foot of the cross. to God's world with joy and peace and love and hope in your hearts and the blessing of almighty God creator redeemer and sustainer be with you all evermore amen